Hey guys, welcome back. It's just me again this week, so I'm going to be answering some more of your questions. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Melissa Joseph. I'm a certified speech-language pathologist. And I'm Haley McCute, and I'm a certified speech-language pathologist assistant. And we're the Pediatric Speech Pals. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, so I just wanted to thank you very much for watching and supporting our channel. We really, really appreciate it. Everybody leaving comments, liking, um, subscribing to us. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And it keeps us being able to do what we're doing. I know that um, it's not as consistent lately, but we are trying to continue to put out that um, content. It's just, you know, here and there, Haley and I maybe won't be able to connect and then we won't be able to film. But um, that's why this week I am filming um, by myself and we're just going to answer some questions. So let's get started. Um, so I wrote it on my phone or took screenshots on my phone. So I want to make sure I cover a lot of them. I know that some of you guys asked some questions and I wrote in like the little comment, oh, like, hey, I will you know, put this in a video. So basically that's what that is. If you guys have more questions, please ask them. We'll either do, um, you know, if you guys have kind of like a lot of questions in the comment, we'll put them into a video um, because I think a lot of people can relate and also it's just easier to answer that way. But um, if it's just a question here and there, please feel free to ask, email, whatever. Um, like I said, we really, we really love doing it. So. So let's get started. Um, so this person asked, they said, not sure if you talked about this already, but any advice on when to start applying for jobs in grad school? Um, so as far as applying to jobs in grad school, I would wait until the end. The thing about being an SLP is it's, um, at least in my experience, we are needed, you know? So like you'll start getting emails from schools, from different environments like if you're wanting to work in a hospital it is a little bit trickier to get a cf there so um you know maybe start looking a little bit earlier but i would stay i would say still like you know pass your praxis get through all that stress and then start focusing on that maybe you even want to take some time off maybe you still want to you know like focus on having a summer or whatever just like you know it's it's not super important as maybe somebody who's in a different field I would say still continue to you know look around go on indeed the job openings just kind of check it out but as far as like having a strict like hey make sure you apply here or you won't have a job getting out I didn't find that to be an issue um you know I, I got a lot of opportunities to apply and found a job almost immediately outside of, um, you know, graduating. So it wasn't um, a huge thing, which is, again, a, a big advantage of being an SLP is because we really are needed. So like I said, if you are like doing the hospitals, um, maybe even a sniff, I didn't go those routes, but I know that some people stuck out for the hospital jobs. Like if you know, they couldn't find a job or there weren't a lot of opportunities, which maybe because of COVID that might've changed a little bit, but, um, there seemed to be a little bit more of a wait there. So if you are wanting to go that way, maybe start thinking a little bit earlier, but if you're doing school or clinic, things like that, um, I think it should be okay, but you know, always keep an eye out, look at your openings. You don't, that doesn't mean you have to like apply right then and there, but I would take a look and, um, just know what your options are as far as applying. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be too stressed about it because like I said, it's, it's, we're needed, which is very, we're very lucky for that. 
Um, the next one you asked, or the same person asked was, uh, when to take the praxis. So this is the second semester of your second year. And so, um, you know, you come back from Christmas break and I think I, I think some people took it at Christmas break. I didn't, I think I took it like in the middle of there or maybe like a, like a month or two after. Um, I think it's important to leave some time just in case you might not pass. If I'm being honest, I don't know of anybody who didn't pass the first round. Um, so, you know, it's kind of one of those like basic studying tests and it's like, it, it seems very intimidating. Trust me. I remember it was intimidating, but you go in there and like all the questions are, um, I don't want to say generic, but they're a little bit more surface than like the digging deep. And some of them might have been digging deep, but like, you know, those are all in like your classes, your specific classes. That's when it gets really detailed. So like it's it's more of a pulled back. Do you remember this knowledge sort of questioning? Um, so I wouldn't be too worried about not passing it. But again, I would plan for that just in case as a backup. Um, and you need to have it obviously before you graduate and, um, you need to have it before you apply to certain certificates and stuff to get your, um, you know, CF stuff like that for applying. And, uh, yeah, so I would just make sure that you're doing it in the second semester. Um, again, you can do it as early as I think Christmas break. I didn't, um, but if you didn't want to even focus on anything during your second semester because you've got all the, you know, evaluations and the comps and um, comprehensive evaluations, um, then, you know, it's either one. It's up to you. It's up to you what you would like to do there. But, um, but yeah. Um, okay, so the pay in each setting. So... I think maybe we covered this a little bit, but maybe not um, to a certain extent. Um, the pay in each setting. So if you're looking for, overall, I think SLPs get paid pretty well. Obviously, it depends on the location. Um, but like compared to a teacher, uh, we get paid pretty well. If you compare us to like PTOT, I think it's, we should be pretty similar to them. Um, again, I'm, I don't really know because I don't know the pay scale for a PTOT, but uh, PTs also have their doctorate, and I believe OTs are um, either leaning towards where they might have to soon, or or they do. Don't quote me on that. I can't remember exactly, but um, but yeah. So for those ones, you know, we get paid pretty well. The people who typically get paid the best are those who are working in the SNFs. Um, you know, got a hard job. Um, some. Some people love it, obviously. Um, the hospitals, I think they also get paid well. Again, you're working on weekends, you're working on holidays, things like that. It's a little bit trickier, in my opinion, um, just as far as like how the job goes, because it's like, you know, life or death sometimes with the clients you're working with. Um, I don't know if that's reflected in the pay or if it's just like my own personal opinion, but um, I think it should be. And so those, I think... Are, get paid pretty very well. Um, 
Again, the schools, I think you get paid well um, if you are a travel SLP. So like if you ever, if you're a travel SLP, you go around to different um, places and it's like a short period of time. Um, you get paid very well because obviously you're not staying in one spot. Another one is you can be classified as a travel SLP if you drive a certain amount of miles um, and then that can up your pay. So I know through COVID, there were a lot of people who were like, oh, like, you know, you can say you work in this location and you live in this location because it was COVID. So you're online. Um, so I think some people got some good pay through that. And, um, the private practices, you know, I think you get paid well. Do I think you get paid the best? I don't know. You know, it's like, it's, I think you get paid in comparison to what other SLPs and OTs and PTs probably get paid. Um, so I'm not saying it's bad by any means. I think it's probably above a school. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that's good. I think also um, if you start your own private practice, you can make a lot of money. Um, so it's it's really just what you want to do. You know, I wouldn't, I mean, obviously we all kind of need to get paid, but I would just base it off of what population you want to work with and what area you want to work with. And that's kind of where I would go. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would base it completely off of pay because I don't know how different those are overall. Um, it's just, you know, I, I just don't think it's different enough to change, you know, what, where you want to work with adults, children, location, things like that. I would just stick with, you know, what you do. Plus I think if you work at the in the place that you like the most so like say um, for example with me I love the littles so like I love them so much that I feel like you will succeed more in that position because you you love it you know um so yeah so I hope that answered your question obviously I don't have like specific numbers because of locations and such are different um but yeah I hope that was helpful <laughs> um Okay, so a different question was, would you say uh, yours and Haley's testing strategies for success are much different from each other? Um, so I don't want to speak for Haley here, um, but I would say that, you know, we do similar stuff where we were very organized like obviously Haley's a very busy girl so she's you know got that planner writing it down she's kind of the lead of her um her cohort right now where they all kind of talk to her and she's um the person who talks to the teachers and professors so um you have to be pretty organized for that um I don't know I think I think overall you know it's kind of the same strategies that you would need for undergrad or just grad school in general like I think we you find those certain uh, strategies that work well for you. And like I said, this one's kind of hard to answer because I don't really know Haley's specific one. Um, so maybe we'll have to swing back on that question just because, you know, I don't want to speak for her. But um, but overall, I think you find the strategies that make you succeed. Um, which strategies gave you the most confidence before taking a test? And how do you calm nerves even after you've studied uh, so nerves don't become distracting? Um, so which strategies, which strategies give you the most confidence before taking a test? Um, I like to study in advance. <laughs> um, I know that's like 
obviously, Melissa, like, yeah, I wish, wish I could do that. So I know some people like procrastinate and some people, um, you know, study months before I was, I think I was the one who was like, I'm going to, okay. So my test is like the 27th. I'm going to start studying on like the 6th, the 7th, you know what I mean? Like little bits and pieces. Um, I think that was what was most helpful for me because cramming, I'm just, I've never been an all nighter girl. I can't sleep you know, or I need sleep. So I can't like sacrifice my sleep. And also I just really don't think, I personally don't believe that you take a test well, if you are like, you know, running on no sleep and caffeine and stuff. Um, so I think that is something that's, uh, really important. I also am a super visual gal. So, um, any of like the visuals that we, you know, say we needed to label a diagram, stuff like that. I would draw it out. Um, I would like on my own and then make my own diagram. Um, so I found that to be really successful for me. Cause like I could like close my eyes and go back to that picture and be like, okay, you know, um, <laughs> actually it was one time I, uh, this is probably a tangent story, but one time I, in undergrad, uh, it was for oral rehab and I had a professor ask us a question, um, that was like asking about the ear and all the, you know, parts on it or whatever. And I, um, was like, that's really rude. Why would she do that? Like, that's like (laughs) so old information. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't know. I think it was like a class before or something even, I don't know. It was like really long ago. And I get out of the test and I'm like, oh my God, that was hard. Like, why did they, why did she ask that question? And then all my friends were like, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And, um, and so I was like, oh crap, I read that question wrong. So I went back into my teacher. Um, this is an undergrad, by the way, I don't know if I said that. I went back to my teacher and I was like, oh my gosh, like I completely read that question wrong. I thought you were talking about the ear. I thought we had to label that. And, you know, I don't know, she was talking about something else. And, um, she was like, oh my God. And she, (laughs) she actually ended up, this is extremely nice. And I, don't count on this, but she ended up giving me all the points because she said that if that was a question, you would have gotten it all right. And she thought it was impressive that it was like, <laughs> like so long out. Uh, and obviously it's not like we studied for that, but, um, yeah, so I don't think that's anything that's going to happen, but if that gives you a sign on how visual of a person I am, that's, that's why those visuals work for me. <laughs> um, so if that works for you, you should do that. Um, another thing I did was I would record cause like also I'm, you know, I like songs, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I would record like for phonetics or for certain things that are like, you have to hear the sounds. I'd be like, you know, record a certain string of them at the very beginning. And then I never needed to study for phonetics again after that, because like in the very beginning I did the whatever, you know, initial things and I would just listen to it and I'd be like, okay, okay. And then it really, I don't know if it like trained my ear or something really quickly, but I never needed to study for phonetics and it really helps. So, I mean, maybe also that like doing that, like if you're like, okay, I'm just going to read my notes and then I'm going to go back and say I'm walking on the treadmill or doing something active or, um, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like if you're doing two things at the same time, like working your body while listening, you know, when you're driving while listening, it's just extra study time that like you normally maybe wouldn't have gotten, um, it's like listening to a podcast, but you're talking and it's your stu- you're studying your notes. I really liked that too. <laughs> um, those are a couple of strategies that that gave me confidence because I knew that you know I was pretty visual and that I would remember those hearing things. Uh, so 
I don't know. I like those strategies. If you could use those, hopefully you can. If you have more strategies below, um, can you put them in the comments? Because I think that could be really helpful uh, for other people. So um, yeah, give all your strategies, people. Um, and then the second part of your question was, um, how do you calm nerves even after you've studied? Um, so you, So nerves don't become distracting. So after all I studied, I would stop like, I don't know, an hour before, two hours before, if possible, like if we were able to go all the way up. If not, then I would stop when, like the day before or whatever. Um, and then if I was like nervous for the test, usually I wasn't nervous for the test. I was more nervous for getting the test back. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, I wasn't really nervous for the test, which is good. But um, sometimes I was, I'm not going to lie. Like obviously in undergrad, you know, I had a moment where I was getting nervous and it was like for finals. And um, what I did was I stopped like an hour before and I pulled up what I think is f like funny, like videos. So um, office bloopers, I would pull those up and then I would like be laughing at this and it would distract myself enough to get off of that like feeling of nerves so that I'm going back in feeling like at like a normal state versus like the nerves where you don't remember what all you're studying and all your information. Um, so I did find that really helpful. Um so if that helps you, maybe maybe that can help you for a test before or just anything funny or, you know, whatever. I love to laugh before and just kind of get your mind distracted. Maybe you watch your favorite TV show. Maybe you don't have to laugh, you know, like just stop before, read your favorite book, just distract yourself from something else because at some point it's like you've studied as much as you can, like, like what's the last hour going to do or what's the last 30 minutes or 10 minutes going to do, you know, you can decide how you, you know, how long before you want to stop it. But I think that's where my, um, you know, studying beforehand came into play too. It's like, I didn't need to rely on those last five minutes to crunch. Um, another question was, uh, what was the atmosphere like in each clinical environment? Um, well, if I'm being honest, I never did a hospital setting because for me, I knew that I didn't want to do a hospital setting. I thought I did going in. I thought I wanted to do a hospital setting. I thought I wanted to work with adults. I thought this was this was who I wanted to work with. This is what I wanted to be. My mom kept saying, just wait, just wait, Melissa, until you see the babies, until you work with the littles. And I was like, no, nah, mom, no, I'm this is what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. But she knew me. I mean, I love babies. I always have. But um, so basically uh, the... I first worked in the adult clinic and it was nice. I mean, it was what I thought I wanted to do. I was excited. It was really fun being with the adults because you're, it's a different form of therapy. So like in my head, the rehab portion is, you know, something they lost. So this is a skill they lost. You're, you're there to help them gain it back. And so it's, it's a little bit more, um, like, like a counseling therapy session than it is like um, gaining skills that were never there, you know? So, so you have to be present and be there in a little bit different of a fashion. Um, so I actually liked that. You know, I, I liked feeling like I could be there helping people where they may be feeling their worst or not feeling, 
you know, their, their best overall or feeling sad that they still are in this position or helping with the families. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of counseling. Um, and so I'm not going to say I didn't like it because I did. It's, it's just, um, a lot more serious, I would say. Um, so that's kind of how that environment was. And I think it would be similar in the hospitals and sniffs, like in those settings where it's just a lot more serious you know it's just you're working with adults and not children and there's a difference there um and I think when I entered the schools it was where I was first like oh my gosh this is fun you know like it's and you know obviously everybody has their own opinion obviously on pediatric speech pal so um that's the route I chose. But, um, but yeah, it's just a lot of joy for me, the kids, like it's, it's really fun environment. There's, um, you know, recess, there's kids who are making jokes and laughing and, um, it's just, a, again, a different treatment. So like you're helping kids who, um, are struggling to learn certain skills or they need something that they didn't already have kind of, I mean, obviously sometimes there is, you know, and are, um, certain strategies or certain skills that they, you know, had at one point and didn't depends on who you're treating. But, um, majority of them are like helping them learn, you know, some, uh, language comprehension, things like that, um, or articulation, stuff like that. So it, it's fun. It's really fun. Um, and then the little littles. So then I worked in um, a clinic or a sharp restealy. So it was like um, a hospital setting, but outpatient setting. And then you, I got to work with like adults and babies and littles and articulation, like the whole realm of everything. And that was really cool. It was really cool. It was a lot like when I was looking, I was like, man, like this is a lot to remember. You know how like you specialize in one thing and then you're like, holy moly, like I have to specialize in everything basically. You know, it's just a lot to keep up on when you feel like you're doing every single population. Like she did it all. And so I have a lot of respect for her um, and all those SLPs who do that because you you need to know a lot and keep up with a lot. And it's very cool. It's very cool. And um, I loved doing it, but I did find myself loving the um, babies a little bit more. <laughs> so again, it's, um, I think if, if you like the, um, that place, I think that's going to be what you like the most. You know, if you don't like kids, you're obviously not going to want to be in a kid environment. So um, I think that's also a personal question as far as like, what was the atmosphere? Like you're going to have more fun in working with adults if you prefer adults, if that makes sense. But that was my experience. So hopefully that helped you if it didn't. Sorry. <laughs> um, are there other types of environments that you can work in as an SLP? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of environments you can work in as an SLP, which is really cool. Um, that's another awesome thing about our job is you can hop from place to place to place to place to place if you want. Um, you just have to continue to uh, educate yourself on that area. So I mean, you can work in the NICU, you can work like with little baby babies, you know, you can work with hearing, you can, I mean, you can just work with it all. So, um, so it's, it's, it's really cool. So, I mean, I feel like I've covered a lot of them already, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the NICU is one of them where I learned in grad school that I was like, whoa, that's cool. You know, where you're just like, I did not even think about that. Um, so there's always those little things. I mean, 
a ton, a ton that I'm not even mentioning and that aren't coming to my brain right now. But um, if you go to Asha, um, you can see all the settings. And I think that's really cool. Sometimes even on Instagram, there's some people who will post all the settings. I think maybe we did at once um, when we were first kind of uh, starting out. So if you want to scroll 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 all the way down you're more than welcome to but um you can also just look up like slp settings or asha um i think they'll show you a lot of all a lot of the settings and i think you might find it interesting um all the ones you can do i think that was the last question yeah i think that was it i think um i think i covered them if you guys have more questions please um feel free to either leave them below um or somewhere you know, our email, our TikTok, our Instagram, uh, just as long as you get a hold of us, let us know. Um, cause you know, we always like to answer them and I always, I hope these are helpful. I know they're kind of long and sometimes people aren't like interested in every question, but maybe you're just driving and listening or something. And if you are driving and listening <laughs> and you had that podcast episode last week, or I guess maybe two weeks ago where it was Haley's vlog, um, so first off, I hope you guys liked that. Second off, it was only on YouTube. So um, sorry for the people who listen to Apple Podcasts or just the podcast alone. Um, go check out our YouTube if you want to see that. Um, Haley was at um, her Texas campus for the week. And so she just kind of vlogged um, everything. Where she was actually at school was like probably halfway through the video before it was just, um, she was kind of showing her running and her morning routine, just like the whole vlog. Um so yeah, feel free to check that one out as well. I think we're going to try and get her to do one that shows the balance between online school and in-person, um, like full-time job at the same time, because I think that is interesting and I think people would find that interesting. So um, we'll try and get her to do one of those as well. Um, so yeah, so keep keep an eye out for that. And again, if you're a listener, um, maybe if we hadn't posted, go check that out and um, it could be that that was the week we posted the vlog. So, um, yeah, I hope this isn't too long, but, um, again, feel free to reach out and thank you. Thank you for, um, subscribing and continuing to listen to our content. We really, really, really appreciate it. So we'll catch you next week. Bye guys. If you're ever curious about where we got our research or want to learn more, refer to our YouTube description box where we will leave links to the resources we use. We'd like to thank our producer, David Martinez. If you want more speech tips, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on our Facebook page, follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at Pediatric Speech Pals. Lastly, if you have any questions or concerns, email us at pediatricspeechpals at gmail.com.